0: Hello, friends, and welcome back. I'm so sorry for the long delay. I mean, just between life itself, uh, which is very hectic. And uh, currently, I'm just going to warn you all now, when you are expecting, um, you know, basically on a pregnancy side of things here, anytime you lay down, you pretty much just fall asleep. I, I really don't know how else to explain it. So trying to watch certain films is kind of taking me a couple goes before next thing I know I'm asleep and watching the credits roll. So it's oh, it's frustrating, but hey, we got there and I am so excited that we did because this week's title is so worth the wait. I can promise you that. Um totally setting all of that aside, hoping everyone's doing their best out there, you know, the best you can through all this craziness. Um myself Living in Ontario, Canada, it's, you know, we're back into another cycle of kooky wackiness. So it's, uh, yeah, just a matter of trying to stay sane through all of the lockdown measures and so forth. But, uh, yeah, you know, you just gotta keep on trucking, I guess. And uh, may I also say, Happy belated Easter for those uh, who celebrate. Of course, the long weekend is uh, it's always a means for celebration in my books, so... You can't complain. Now, using that long weekend, definitely got to dive into a classic. Finally got to explore two actors whom I've heard so much about when it comes to the horror industry and these two coming together. And I am so excited to explore more. So without further ado, let's take a quick peek at 1972's English language Spanish science fiction horror film. It's kind of a, whew, it's a little mouthful. The horror express
1: for two million years in these subterranean caves a creature of superhuman evil was entombed in a wall of ice waiting to be free waiting to live again travel with us on a journey into a world where nightmare reality. Are you telling me that an ape that lived two million years ago, got out of that crate, killed the baggage man and put him in there? Yes, I am. It's alive. It must be. Travel with us, if you dare, on the Horror Express. the train and find it, whatever it is, and destroy it. But if it's alive... I want this kept quiet. I don't want to panic the passengers. The malignant power of this creature is indestructible. Transferring its force from mind to mind. From body to body beast is not dead i put four bullets into him you think evil can be killed with bullets satan leaves the animal that you shot was only the host it's alive in someone on this train you saw his eyes one look at them and you're dead anything that moves near that door kill it (laughs) Run, run for your life. Hide, but you can't escape. No one can stop the fury and the terror of the Horror Express.
0: So I don't know if you could recognize some of the uh, voices there, but uh, of course we're dealing with the one, the only Christopher Lee, and of course his counterpart Peter Cushing. These two, of course, famous for their work together in the Hammer brother films. Um, you know, Dracula, Frankenstein, uh, early fifties uh, horror sort of. I want to say remakes, but at the same time they're their own, their own pristine versions and. Absolutely worth checking out. But uh, this one, of course, a little later, we're dealing in 1972. And um, very interesting film produced um, by Bernard Gordon, written by Anard, and I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, Diasu and uh, Julian Zimmet. Um, And, of course, he would be credited as Julian Halevy and uh, directed by Eugenio Martin. And uh, basically it was loosely based off the novella, novella, who goes there. And uh, as I said, the film starring P- Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, we also have Alberto de Men- Mendoza, Sylvia Tort- Tortaza or Tertuzzo, uh Julio Pena, George Regard, and Angel de Poza, uh, all in supporting roles. And last minute least, of course, Telly Savalas, who would end up making a guest appearance. And there's just something about Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing, um, the two of them, you can just tell, work so well together. Two very well-trained actors. And, you know, they take what seems like a very kind of odd plot, especially once we uh, we kind of break it down a little bit. Because To describe it, this sounds like a terrible movie. <laughs> but the two of them, they're sort of back-and-forth banter, this sort of rivalry. These two just, you can't help but watch them. They are so... Amazing, And it still shocks me how young both of them look. So we open up to a very young Christopher Lee. Of course, he's in the middle of the uh, Manchurian Mountains. And uh, essentially, we see him come across the frozen remains of what seems to look like a primitive humanoid creature. It's odd. We don't get a whole lot of explanation. But we instantly are taken straight from there to Shanghai, where he is bordering, boarding um, the Trans-Siberian Express. And heading home. So basically, at this point, he runs into basically somebody that's always been a rival, um, Dr. Wells, um, basically from the Geological Society colleague, and the two of them end up boarding separately, of course. But you see, sort of, that circumstances will bring these two back together um, to both of their dismay. Now, just before boarding, we see the first sort of interaction with this humanoid creature. And essentially, somebody who is trying to look into the crate ends up losing their life. And we see sort of these white, you know, non-existent pupils. And um, no explanation really given. It's just assumed he was blind. He was trying to steal it, whatever. And we board and life goes on. Now... As we get onto the train, we're introduced to an array of supporting characters. Um, and they're so fascinating and fun at the same time. It's like a, you know, a clue game board, you know, like an Agatha Christie novel. They're so unique in their own way, but they all give a little a little piece to the whole puzzle. And, um, you know, I do have to point out certain ones, which we will get into, which just totally... Oh, 1972. Oh my gosh, you know, things that you wouldn't see remade into a film today. Uh, but uh, essentially, this humanoid creature wakes up, starts sort of feeding, for lack of a better word, off of others um, on the train. And uh, of course, you gotta love the non-existent CGI. You know, it's just trying to use the camera, sound, zooming in, zooming out, quick editing. All of this adds to the suspense, the fear that you would experience, um, you know, it's fear, I use that in quotations, because it at the same time, is kind of cheesy, but it's just so fun to watch that you just, you can't help but stay hooked, um, and just, you know, want to know more about everything. So as everything unravels, you know, we're introduced to our other characters, everyone kind of has their own sort of idea, plan of what's happening, but we do realize that, and our characters realize there is a true threat on this train, and we need to deal with it right away. And basically, what is that? The body pile. The bodies start to pile up. We're seeing the fact that you know they all have the same opaque white eyes. Of course, our autopsy being performed later, we start to see the fact that these victims are drained of all memory and knowledge. Um, their brain no longer has the ripples. Um, that are typically found, essentially now it's just sort of a almost as if they'd been boiled. It's like a soft, just cooked meat and kind of disturbing at the same time. But uh, essentially we've come to find out that our extraterrestrial being is now inhabiting the body of, hum- of humans. And essentially, you know, there's a lot of different beliefs, including uh, pujardof Puj- hope I'm pronouncing that right. My Russian is off. Um, but uh, essentially, he suspects sort of a greater presence, believing it to be Satan. And uh, lo and behold, our Russian authorities are informed of what's going on. And the intimidating, xenophobic, and power craze Krozak officer Captain Kazan boards with a handful of his men. And uh, Kazan believes the train, you know, is transporting rebels. It's not an alien being. And uh, essentially... He's only convinced once of the alien's existence when the lights are switched off and he sees Mirov's glowing red eyes, uh, you know, revealing him to be the alien host. And, uh, essentially he absorbs the memories of Wells' assistant, the train driver, and others, and essentially seeks the Polish Count's metallurgical knowledge in order to build a vessel to finally escape Earth. And, of course, all hell breaks loose, um and uh, essentially the alien ends up explaining kind of what he they what he is or she is the energy from the galaxy and how basically he was left here and survived millions of years in different bodies of fish other mammals and so forth and uh, essentially it cannot live outside a living being longer than a few moments so the alien of course begs to be spared You know, I will give you all the knowledge you want for technology, disease, all that kind of thing. But, of course, our main hero refuses the bargain, and the alien resurrects the Count's corpse and attacks him with it. So Saxton and the Countess flee. Uh, The alien resurrects all of its other victims into zombies, and a huge fight, of course, takes place. And, uh, essentially, we watch Saxton Wells, so Christopher Lee... Peter Cushing, as well as our uh, lovely little countess, end up, you know, basically finding their way off of the train and lo and behold, things crash and so on. And um, gotta love kind of the, again, the special effects that were used. It's kind of cheesy, but the film itself, between just the character uh, interactions between Saxton and Wells, absolutely loved it could not turn away from those two you know i the only thing i can compare it to is something like a sherlock and uh and john you know kind of that back and forth banter it's it's fabulous it's so good and uh i just i can't wait to watch more of these two working together now the characters we're dealing in a very interesting time this is 1972 and of course we're not going to see russian actors um you know, basically dealing with a Soviet Russia. Britain isn't exactly going to go out and hire or work cooperatively with them. Um, So we have a lot of British actors kind of taking over and a lot of stereotypes. Um, The one thing that caught me right away, Father uh, Pujardov, of course, um, basically Alberto de Mendoza, dubbed by Robert uh, Redditi. He is totally Rasputin every time I saw him on screen I just was like yep Rasputin Rasputin that's all I was thinking about and it just totally you know was burned into my mind like this is literally what they think like Russian priests are and it just you can't help but kind of laugh at it now knowing that that wasn't really the case but uh, at the same time it's uh it's just fascinating to see how history and you know sort of political climate is going to basically affect your film um, in the greater scheme. And uh, definitely kind of, you know, it's its own thesis in its own way. Someone much brighter than I am could definitely look into this. But at the same time, it's just a kind of smile and just you can see history sort of in the making. And it's the one thing I love about film when it does that. So the production of this film co-produced by the american screenwriter bernard gordon who collaborated with martin on the 1970s film pancho villa which of course would feature savallas in a title role martin made horror express as part of a three uh, picture contract he had with philip yordan and Savalas was under the contract with yordan as well hence why he would have this sort of guest appearance now the film uh, was a co-production with spain's granada films and the british company Ben Mar productions who of course would make the film psychomania from 1971. Uh, but uh, essentially according to martin the film was made because a producer had obtained a train set from nicholas and alexandria and came up with the idea of writing a script just so that he would be able to use this prop now, at that time, Phil was in the habit of buying up loads of short stories to adapt into screenplays, and the story for Horror Express was originally based on a tale written by a little-known American script and playwright. And, uh, of course, this was later refuted by Gordon, who said the in an interview from t- the year 2000 that the model had been constructed for Pancho Villa and basically really had nothing to do with Horror Express. So... Take it as you will, depending on which way you want to go, but um, personally, I totally don't mind if, you know, you were inspired by a prop. It just it totally is, you know, legit in my opinion. It it makes sense. I mean, that there's been impacts to film from much smaller details than these. So the film would filming would begin in Madrid, you know, basically between 71 and 72 and produced on what is considered to be a very low budget in 1972 that was 300,000 uh which basically with uh, inflation of course translates to just under 2 million dollars. Uh, so 1 million, you know, 887,000. So fascinating considering what you see there was To me, it looks like a lot of hard work, and I totally would have guessed a higher budget for this film, especially considering that you've got two huge actors in your lead role. But uh, those two, you know, they they did it for the love of the art, definitely not for what they were going to secure in their bank accounts after. So Lee and Cushing was basically the coup coup de grace for Gordon. Um, the two of them would leave an atmosphere, of course, as I said, reminiscent to the Hammer films, and. of course, having both of them coming together, it's just instant moneymaker. <laughs> you know that's going to generate cash. But it's sad fact. Cushing arrived in Madrid to begin work on this picture, although sadly was distraught, as he had just recently uh, lost his wife, of course. She um, sadly passed away and um, announced to Gordon that he just couldn't do this film. He needed more time. But Gordon was desperate for the idea Uh, for him, and the idea of losing Cushing, uh, you know, one of his important stars when he had Christopher Lee, it just devastated him as well. So Lee would end up stepping in, kind of putting Cushing's mind at ease, talking to his old friend about some of their previous work together, and Cushing changed his mind and would end up staying on the feature. And uh, the film has a departure scene, of course, being filmed at Madrid's railway station, and uh, sort of from then on, um, you know, we're seeing the model itself, the train, but uh, like a majority of Italian and Spanish films of the period, it was pretty much filmed mostly without sound, sound effects, voices, all dubbed in later, and of course, you know, basically just on studio. So it's uh, very cool, very fascinating, and uh, to this day holds about 75% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. We're talking, you know, just about 7 out of 10, and uh, personally... I thought it was great. It's a wonderful film. You know, it picked up a couple different kind of minor awards on an international basis, but nothing significant. Um, and honestly, everyone was kind of taken aback by the film's popularity overseas. It just it wasn't a huge budget. It wasn't a huge script. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of marketing put into this. And to this day, you know, it's... It's it's a solid film. It's great. And uh, I would definitely recommend it to all of you horror buffs out there. I mean, it's nothing bloody. It's nothing gory. But it just definitely holds its own little place in my heart, for lack of a better word. That's all I can say. So, guys, as always, thank you for listening. If you want to reach out, you have another film you'd like me to cover, please just send me a direct message on Instagram and or Twitter. And uh, as always, guys, you know, if you want to see what weird antics I'm getting up to, please just follow me on either platform. And uh, as always, you know, thinking of each and every single one of you, this is a weird kooky time, so get through it as best you can, guys, with whatever, you know, brings you comfort and joy. And of course, as always, we know the saying, keep calm, stay creepy.